Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is Conspiranormal, where the nexus of conspiracy theory and the paranormal meet. Hey, I'm alone in Roswell, New Mexico, looking forward to seeing Adam and all of us. I will be doing a talk called Roswell 1947, What Really Happened, that I've done here often in Roswell, and uh, I don't get lynched or booed, but I provide evidence that the world-famous Roswell crash was made in the USA, that it was a man-made event, not extraterrestrial in origin. Tickets and info at www.strangerealitiesconference.com. $40 at the door, $30 pre-sale. Okay, welcome to Get Spare Normal, guys. We have a bonus episode for you. Back guys. again. Yeah. And we just kind of wanted to explain a little bit of what we did with this. Because we did the f- second Strange Realities Conference Preview episode, and we did this full, nearly full kind of interview with Guy Malone and his friend Stephen Latham. They went to Area 51 together for kinda, the Storm Area yeah. 51 event. We want to initially have it as just kind of like an intro to talking about Right. He was going to be doing at the conference, but it, it really just turned into so much material that we kind of just chopped it all up. And Yeah, so that's that's what we did. So um, we're going to hear this interview that we did with them about Area 51, and then we get into some other really interesting and weird areas. So you guys will find that interesting, too. I just wanted to be able to put this out because... If we put it that on the other show, which you guys heard just a small bit of what Guy was going to talk about, but uh, this will be kind of just an add-on to the sh- to the show that we just put out, which was episode two eighty three, and plus 
Um, Still kind of timely. It wasn't too yeah, long ago. Right. It was only. It was. It wasn't even a month ago that they went to Area 51, and that's that's been on a lot of people's minds. So we wanted to put that out as its own episode, and to give you know just to you know so that that episode, the previous episode, was not so long. Yeah, yeah. Because it would have been about two and a half hours. I think. And it just we, might have kind of detracted from the theme. Right. Right. So we hope you guys enjoy this little interview we did with Guy Malone and Stephen Latham. Remember, guys, we still have the Strange Realities Conference coming. Tickets are still available at uh, the website. StrangeRealitiesConference.com. Yep. And uh, we are getting really close. But, uh, guys, you still got time to get tickets. So check that out. And without further ado, here's our interview with Guy Malone and Stephen Latham about Area 51. Totally. Um, yeah, but we're just going to talk about whatever you guys did at the, um, you know, kind of like your experiences there, what you saw. Um, what the scene was like, what the people were yeah, like. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, pretty yeah, much that's kind of what, what we're going to what we're gonna cover. Um, okay, that, that works. That's like the biggest, uh, what, what kind of like why you guys wanted to go out there, you know, okay. spark the okay. idea, you know? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Sounds like a plan. Are you from Roswell also? I'm not. I'm from the D.C. area. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I guess that's for lack of a better word, Washingtonian. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Uh, He's on the other side of the world when he and I first started talking, though. So cool. that's part of the backstory you got to get. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. Let's get. We'll get started, guys. Um, okay. Okay. Well. We are back, and we have the last speaker and an extra bonus person online as well. So, guys, we've got Guy Malone joining us, and uh, he really needs no introduction because if you listen to Conspiracy Normal from the early days, you know who Guy Malone is. And we actually went out to Roswell back in 2017, myself and Rob, and now Guy is coming out here to Nashville to be a part of the Strange Realities Conference. And, guys, say hello to everybody. Hey, everybody. Good to uh, be back on with you, Adam. Let's awesome, man. Part of your, your live stream conference. Yeah, um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's getting crazy, but uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a good time, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And we've got a guy's friend here, Steve. Welcome to Conspiracy Normal, man. Thank you so much, Adam. It's a real pleasure to be with you uh, on this program. Yeah, awesome. thank you. Thank you. Cool. Uh, thank you for coming on. And the reason I've got Absolutely. both of you guys on is because you guys just went out to the Storm Area 51 event. We sure did. Yeah. We've got a conspiracy exclusive. Yeah. So this was this was a, like a couple of weeks ago now almost, I think. And so... I guess no one got to, no one got injured, no one got hurt, as far as we know. There was a big party out in the desert, but uh, what prompted you guys to go out there? Well, right, I'll let you begin. Yeah, yeah I figured, I want to introduce you as much. Like Adam said, a lot of his listeners know me, and we've done the UFO, paranormal, biblical view things uh, once or twice on the program. But just for you, Adam, and 
some of your listeners that know him, Stephen is now uh, a PhD doctor. He, he completed very recently. Um, he's a little older than he sounds like on the phone. I thought you were in your 20s, Steve, when you and I started <laughs> talking to each other. But, um, yeah, thanks for you. He did a PhD dissertation, successfully defended it, and won uh, on sort of the demonic view of aliens and interactions, stuff like that. Just cut to the chase on it. I won't try to describe yeah. this thing. But he released the whole thing as a book uh, on Kindle. And uh, that literally puts him sort of on a par with Mike Heiser, in a way, at least. Nobody's going to you know, say who's the greater theologian or anything like that. But Stephen at least has a credential, a uh, very high coveted one, I guess. So what is the book called? It's called a Revelation Exo Truth. Uh, Alien and UFO Disclosure Are Closer Than You Think. It's available on Kindle, and it's also available as a paperback on Amazon. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I really wanted to introduce. Took the dissertation and very quickly turned it into a book format, and that's pretty much what you're getting with another chapter added uh, to cover the intraterrestrial fault. Um, it's, you know, we're being bombarded on, on two fronts, the what I call the interdimensional front and the intraterrestrial front. Okay. Uh, Guy, I really appreciate the introduction. Uh, very, very generous of you, undeserved, uh, you know. Uh, I would never pretend to set myself uh, even close to uh, filling the shoes of Mike Heiser, but, um, but yeah, certainly the research that I did uh, was focused on the demonic manifestation of the alien abduction and UFO phenomenon uh, in the 21st century, and that's what I defended uh, successfully at my seminary. Yeah, I think that's mind-blowing to me that you took this topic that's as fringe as fringe gets, honestly. I mean, even with my views and the work I've done, I'm already on the fringe of normal ufology or on the fringe of normal Christian theology by sure. the work I've been doing. But in a sense, me, Joe Jordan, you know all the names, Adam. We've been at this for 20 years or whatever. Uh, Steve's a new player on the field, sort of, who has actually absorbed and read everything that you and I can think of on the topic. Uh, just really pick, it, pick an author, and I'll bet you Stephen's read it. And so he absorbed all these last 20 years or more of research that's come out related to this field, secular or not, secular or religious, and uh, incorporated it into his book. And I remember he, he's kind of a machine. What, what prompt, Watching him work at Area 51 – he just he had business cards to invite people to check out his book on Kindle, and he'd just walk up to everybody and be like, "Hey, just want to give a quick plug for my book on Kindle here. Uh, it's the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. You're not going to get it from the government, so I've got it here in a book for you." <laughs> it was a good thing to watch. You want to come to Nashville and help us sell uh, tickets real quick to the conference? <laughs> yeah. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> uh, like fun. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate the invite. So that's yeah, so I mean, guys have been... Sorry, go ahead, guys. No, he asked what prompted us to go there. You go ahead and answer that question. What prompted you to go? Then I yeah, can sure. I'm in a minute. Terrific. Uh, I would have to say it was all about trying to raise the public awareness of what's really happening in places like Area 51, where you have deep underground military bases, and, uh, you know, you're probably familiar with this, or at least in some circles, uh, that you have this uh, covert collaboration, these above black secret ops programs 
between the military-industrial complex with non-human entities, what I call uh, demonic aliens, uh, Nephilim and, and the like. And so this is something that I would venture to say 99% of the people that went to this Area 51 event are not aware of this. And, you know, in my own opinion, I feel like what motivated most of the people to go was just an excuse to have a party, kind of a social or a cultural event, uh, you know, a great place to get together and meet people, interesting folks. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, you know, clearly um, there's, there's a lot going behind those, those gates that most people are unaware of, and they need to be uh, aware of what's going on because, I, to me, it's a very real and present existential threat to humanity. And uh, it certainly isn't in the best interest of our national security to be dancing with the devil through these covert uh, black ops uh, programs. So, I mean, I, I really think it was, for me, it was, it was all about trying to raise uh, people's awareness on, on what's going on in these deep underground military bases and elsewhere. And, uh, and that's why I was making a plug for the book because I pretty much explain all of that in the book. And uh, it's what's going to allow people to wake up out of their slumber. You need to, you need to shake the sheeple up, so to speak. So you you think that the these that there's actual these like these beings are actually down there in these in these bases and helping yeah, out yeah. like our government and military? Well, it's it's a Faustian bargain. I mean, you basically have these demonic aliens, for lack of a better word, offering exotic technology, uh, whether it's weapons or you know just super advanced science and technology. And, you know, these are fallen angelic beings, uh, after all. And, uh, and so they're offering us all kinds of goodies in exchange for, you know, uh, in the early days it was in exchange for human subjects. And that's why you, all this, you saw this huge spike in alien abduction phenomenon after Roswell. Um, and it's been increasing ever since. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and, and there, you know, in my book I cover this one guy who was, an above black ops uh, uh, worker who was trained to detect alien abduction phenomenon. He was a clairvoyant uh, communicator, and so he was able to actually detect, you know, where abductions were happening and report it back to the uh, NSA. As crazy as that sounds, but um, my evidence shows me through triangulation that there is indeed uh, this covert collaboration going on. It's demonic. It needs to stop. We need to renounce it uh, while we still have time if we haven't already crossed the, uh, the point of no return um, because it's really taken us towards the uh, eschatological scenario described in Revelation and the, uh, the army of the 200 million demonic army uh, that you see that you read about in Revelation 9. I think that's where this has taken us. Uh, they're basically creating hybrids in underground military bases and, uh, yeah, these, of course, they don't have the best of intentions for us. I mean, they're going to use all this technology and all this genetic engineering against us in an end-time scenario. That, that's my conclusion in the book. Guy, what's your take on all that? Well, first I want to say that that mouthful that he just got uh, broadcast to you, yeah. we had to defend <laughs> this before a Ph.D. review committee. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you ever listen to an episode of Conspiranormal, the only person, I mean, I mentioned Mike Kaiser just because there's a theology angle sure. for sure that he does, but 
you probably are aware that only David Jacobs uh, in the whole field has ever been granted a PhD in UFO research. And it might be more comparable. Or more yeah, he did his he did his dissertation <laughs> on on UFOs. Yeah, not not quite in the yeah. same vein there. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, not, not. yeah. I think he was looking at it more from a cultural angle, uh, right. the cultural dimension right. of the UFO phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, over twenty years ago, I I put up a simple web page with no review committee, no editors. I put my thoughts after the Heaven's Gate cult suicide claiming the Bible was their inspiration for what their UFO cult beliefs were. And I just came out of the closet as an experiencer, as an abductee, so to speak. Right. Who I, I believed for a long part of my life that I'd been abducted and uh, visited by aliens and all this stuff in my childhood. I, after I became a Christian, I reviewed those memories and all that stuff and came to the conclusion, well, no, this was demonic in some way, shape or form. I didn't or degreed collegiate background in academia to, to really make the case as sound theologically as others have done, you know, into your sense. I just put up a webpage. I'm an experiencer, and here's what I believe about the demonic view of aliens. Here's my evidence. Here's my view, and here's my theology on the subject. And that got linked uh, from artbell.com back in the day when Artbell was a thing, and it just prompted me into answering emails as sort of a full-time ministry, and next thing you know, a year or so later, I, I moved to Roswell, New Mexico as a missionary to reach people that are making this, uh, their belief, their experiences, their philosophy in, about aliens into a, a true religious belief system. And that's all over the place. You know, we've talked about this before, but uh, it's, it's not even, I would say that view has become passe in the last 20 years that people are at least aware of it now, where 20 years ago, no, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't popularly believed. It was a tough road to hoe with churches or, or with anybody. But the, the point of my work was, if you're believing that aliens created life on Earth, or if you're turning them into your religious belief system, or if you're saying that what you really see in the Bible, fire by day, cloud by night, was a UFO, or that Elijah went on a fiery chariot, that was a UFO, or that Jesus was really a hybrid alien. We just didn't understand artificial insemination yeah, and DNA yeah, back then. That's right. the extent people take this to. That's what yeah. you see on History Channel that, now. That, uh, that ultra materialist kind of viewpoint. Yeah. Right. Good way to say it. Yeah. yeah. See, you've got you've got a better vocabulary for this than I do. I don't, <laughs> I don't know that. Often, often I tell people I've got location, location, location by being in Roswell and. Uh, you know that that's one of my greater credentials than the actual quality of uh, my my original book. But you know I've done conferences in Roswell ever since when this Area 51 thing came up. To me, it was a one. I didn't really think people were going to be stupid enough to uh, <laughs> Naruto run it and yeah, by the thousands yeah, and right, get shot right, at. Right. That was the meme. That was the joke. That's what got the attention. Um, and I, I, we'll talk later. I'm really interested in the lawsuit that's coming uh, after this against Facebook for allowing it to stay up. But um, huh. I didn't. Know, I, I wasn't aware I, of that. I what? I wasn't aware that there was a lawsuit coming up. Uh, yeah, I uh, I did take a picture. You know, I flooded Facebook with pictures. You can, anybody my Facebook feed is open. Just sign alone. It's public, whether you friend or follow me or not. Just scroll down to the dates around September 20th to 22nd. I flooded it with pictures. I don't even have Facebook on my phone. I took it off like two years ago as a 
quality of life issue. <laughs> uh, but for this event, I went ahead and put it back on there so I could post as many photos as I could in the moment. But uh, one of the photos was a headline in the very, very small local Lincoln County newspaper. Um, they had over, they spent over a quarter million dollars on law enforcement. The, where Steve and I stayed, the hotel was like an hour and a half away from the little ALM. That's how hard it was to be a hotel when I looked into booking this stuff. But they told us that um, there were 16 BLM agents staying at the hotel at the same time. Oh, eight wow. of them were asleep, and eight of them were out in the field. The cops were the coolest thing about this trip, almost. <laughs> yeah, they really <laughs> were. They were everybody's friend. If you weren't there to cause trouble, they were there to protect and serve. They were going out taking water to people that didn't realize how far they'd gotten into in the desert. They were taking gasoline to people who ran out of gas. Because, you know, you've got these next gas 150 miles inside. There's just no way of understanding how remote Area 51 Rachel, Nevada, and all these things really are until you've done it. I mean, it is remote. No Wi-Fi for an hour or more at a time between wherever you are. So, but uh, just to protect the people and to keep the infrastructure from crumbling, Lincoln County is where this more or less centered around. They brought in uh, police, security, BLM agents, state troopers from all over the country to, to accommodate maybe thirty or 40,000 people coming to their place where, like, if you went to a business, like the little ALN, and asked if you could use the bathroom, the answer is no. They're closed by order of the police department or whatever, because they can't have that much water running through their pipelines. So there, there were, the event was well prepared in the sense that there were porta potties everywhere. But the point is, they had to spend over a quarter million dollars, and they are suing um, the guy, Maddie, who posted the page. Oh, no. He's 21 years old. He's 21. Good luck with that. But here's yeah. the, the rub. If you're encouraging people to storm Area 51, which, as we know, is illegal, you can get arrested or shot for doing yeah. so. Yeah, you'll be shot dead. It turns yeah. out. Yeah. And, of course, they didn't want that on their hands. They didn't want the media disaster. So they, they did make a few arrests, but it was basically catch and release. But the point is, um, inciting others to break the law is in itself an illegal activity. Yeah. And that is what Maddie did when he created this event, which to him was a joke. It's at but least Facebook, inciting a riot, right? Bingo. Yeah. yeah. Facebook allowed the page to stay up for months, which is technically is a violation of their own terms of service. They should have taken down or blocked anything to encourage illegal activity. So now Lincoln County, Nevada, is suing Facebook for their quarter million dollars in expenses that they had to undergo based on Facebook inciting people to riot and illegal activity. I hope they get it. I really do. I'm, I'm glad Facebook left it up because it was a memorable experience for me and for Stephen. We got to go out and just basically... The two angles we had going into this was, A, like Steve said, it was just really an excuse to party for people of like mind. Uh, the thing I got quoted on Fox News for saying was these people come looking for community. We're to even be in this lunatic fringe of research or activism or belief systems or whatever, we're like considered crazy outsiders wherever we are, whether you're in Nashville, whether you're in Atlanta, DC, where Steve is currently, even in Roswell, you know, I'm out of the norm to even be dealing with this. But everybody converged. The article that sparred me to go, you know, I need to be there, was somebody was saying they were comparing it to a wood. 
and for this generation. I'm like, ah. Okay. At minimum, I need to be there to pass out cards. Yeah, well, that's why they called it alien stock, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, they, they literally called it alien stock, and they called it uh, base base camp for the two major events. And, and uh, you know, and Rachel, and then of course you had the other one uh, run by Maddie and Budweiser in Las Vegas. Weren't no, they going to do a music festival, but it didn't? They decided to stop it. I yeah, they did a so. music festival yeah. in Vegas. Oh, oh, it was in Vegas. Stage set up, yeah. Well. Maddie, the original Facebook guy, they finally realized that they're just not going to have the infrastructure for safety and liability to do a big concert. Right. It was going to be a humanitarian disaster. So they split off their concert to Vegas. That led the media to actually put out, oh, the event's canceled or the event moved to Vegas. A lot of people that were going to come, I think, just decided not to based on a little bit of misinformation from the media. But like Steve said, alien stock still happened at Rachel, Nevada. They had, I don't know, 80 porta potties. They had this huge stage. It took them a, the whole day or two prior to erect. Uh, he and I, Steve and I, talked to the uh, guy in charge of that. Uh, I think his name's Kevin White. You remember Steve? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds right. Yeah, he said he's going to accommodate legally and safely uh, 5,000 people coming and going at this event. You know, 10 get in or 10 leave, 10 more could come in. Those numbers never happened. But it was set up to be a major thing. So I just felt like, at minimum, self-promotion, ministry, passing out my cards. I got a little QR reader. Uh, I created a card to promote Roswell. You know, come visit Roswell. Here's the events happening year-round. Oh, Here's nice. the hotel. Yeah. Here's the attractions. And at the bottom of it, though, was my website with the videos uh, that Joe Jordan and I uh, recorded uh, did one a year ago here, the most updated version of my uh, talks on, well, to think to your conference, the Roswell uh, incident, the man-made view of that, and then the spiritual side of biblical aliens. But Steve contacted me also with just a prompting, not knowing what he was getting into, but Steve has a background in disaster relief to where we were like prepared. Okay, well, at minimum, we don't promote and give out our ministry like material to people that are really looking for truth on this. At worst, Steve, talk about your background, what you've done, and what you were, you were going to be boots on the ground, and you'd have been contacted by the National Guard, perhaps. Just in case, yeah, anything, yeah, just in case anything went down, you guys were ready, huh? Yeah, yeah, pretty much we were ready for Armageddon. Yeah. And uh, my, my background is disaster management. I, I uh, led the response for a Christian NGO in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria, and before that, I was in uh, Haiti after the earthquake. I was in Tabasco, Mexico during floods, and I was engaged in uh, Katrina, wearing one of those hazmat suits, sorting through a uh, kind of toxic waste that was up on the, you know, at Plaquemines Parish, which was kind of like ground zero for Hurricane Katrina. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I figured if people are stupid enough to try to trespass onto the property, uh, there was a very strong likelihood that there would be casualties and you'd probably end up having to like set up a triage situation where, you know, you have to classify victims, you know, by red or like critical black, which is dead yellow, which is like intermediate level injury. And then green, which is like walk off the site and, you know, let us focus on the victims. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely something that, at least, you know, mentally I was prepared for. Uh, fortunately, you know, we didn't have to go there and uh, it was ended up being a very peaceful event. I think there were just two arrests. Uh, people actually, you know, intentionally 
putting their foot on the uh, no trespass line. And, uh, and that was about the extent of it. And I think at its peak, there were about a hundred uh, protesters that showed up at the back gate to area 51 that were just flashing signs and, and the like. So yeah, it, it, it could have been a lot worse and I'm glad that nothing happened. Um, and I do think that this, this to me, this area 51 event, uh, I think will likely become the next Roswell. Um, you know, it's, it's an excuse to bring people together, community, uh, cultural event, you know, music, festivals. Um, but, you know, again, I think uh, the opportunity is that you can also wake people up to the reality that, you know, this is a real and present uh, danger to humanity I mean, I consider it to be the mother of all humanitarian disasters. Uh, it kind of really is pointing us towards the uh, the book of Revelation and an end-time scenario. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think people just need to realize that this is a very serious matter. And, uh, you know, this is not just about getting together and looking for an excuse to have a party. But, yeah, hopefully, you know, you can reach people while they're in a festive mood. <laughs> And uh, you know, wake wake some of them up. What was the yeah, what was the composition of the crowd like? Were were they mostly younger people? Were these like who we'd probably yeah. consider newbies or like hardcore UFO people? It was a mix. Okay. It was an amazing. I mean, you had all you had all age groups there. Um, yeah, I think the you had more younger folks than older folks. You know, I think like the millennial crowd considered it to be kind of like a landmark moment. Right. And uh, and you know, it was all about. Um, you know, kind of like tongue-in-cheek, uh, oh, let's save the aliens uh, yeah. from our government type thing. And it's like, man, what have you been smoking? Don't you realize that they're the threat? <laughs> so you just got from, that going just on. Just the pictures, it look like they've been smoking a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The thing you got to yeah. remember is these cops were, police from all over, were kind of hard to phase because in Nevada – Weed, prostitution, and gambling are all legal. So anything going on, wherever we, like when we went to the little ALN for their alien stock on Saturday, a version of it is that you had to go past 10 cop cars just to get through the parking lot before you were even really literally stepping foot on the property. They were walking up and down. They wouldn't, I remember asking a guy, hey, well, can we take a picture with you? He's like, no, um, uh, you're allowed to take pictures of us because that's the law, but we're not allowed to pose for any. This was at the Area 51 gate, actually, where we were kind of pushing the boundaries. Yeah. And the cop was like, I asked, you know, I wanted to bring my camera too, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> yeah. So they were all just normal, normal, fun dudes. It's kind I like totally a cool vacation. into the event. Yeah, well, exactly. it, was working, it was a working vacation. Too. Mm. I was getting out fairly collectible, promote the heck out of Roswell, just from the, I don't know, marketing angle of, these are sister cities, by the way. We are drawing the exact same crowd. So anybody who's going to Area 51, certainly Roswell is on the bucket list, and vice versa. So I want to start promoting that uh, sister city relationship. But at the same time, my bottom line is my RoswellMission.org and videos were down there at the bottom for that 1% of people who would, they're not looking at this as a party. They have a strong belief system related to aliens, and my belief is always, I've got to hear from that. You know, here's the biblical truth that you need to know. And here's actually what happened at Roswell, for that matter. Steve did the same thing, passing out his cards. 
to where we were covering ground, we were canvassing, we were, you know, I felt a lot safer going into it, knowing that I was rooming with Steve, because if the whole thing melted down into a literal disaster area, he's boots on the ground, and he was a phone call away from having major resources at his age, just because of his past 20, 30 years of work history in disaster relief. Yeah. Was anybody responsive to you guys? Did you guys engage anybody in conversation? Did anybody uh, find or yeah. ask what you were doing interesting? I mean, what uh, what was some of the yeah. responses that you got from people? Take it away, yep. Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I I want to say I want to start by saying that um, uh, both Guy and myself, I think we probably pulled off. Uh, I would say at least seven interviews with folks yep. that are producers on YouTube or on, uh, you know, documentary type producers. Uh, some of them were, were, you know, had pretty expensive equipment. Like this one team that interviewed me had $25,000 vested in, in producing a documentary from there. So, you know, this is a, a pretty big deal. And, and they were very receptive to the message that both Guy and, and I communicated. Um, you know, I think that's one of the nice things about, uh, this event and the types of people that it attracts is that you have an open-minded crowd who is willing to explore the evidence to see what it tells us and to challenge their own thinking on, on the issue. So I was encouraged and, you know, I was uplifted uh, by the, uh, you know, the, by the quality of the crowd that showed up and just their, their interest in wanting to know the truth and getting to the bottom of it. Uh, he's right. At least uh, between podcasts and serious documentaries, uh, we got, yeah, at least half a dozen, maybe a dozen. Like, And these were places that were giving us 20, 30 minutes of FaceTime each yeah. to include their our real deep stuff in their documentaries. Because you got to admit, compared to this basically hippie stoner, aliens are cool, we're here to celebrate them crowd. He and I... Anybody that spent more than five minutes talking to us, we stood out like sore thumbs. Yeah. And we gave them some yeah. of the, the most, you used the phrase, we gave them some of the best content uh, they, they yeah, can so. include in their documentaries. And they were all like, they weren't scamming us like a history channel or a pen and teller kind of thing. They were like, whoa, and asking very well-researched questions. I was actually challenged yeah. by the level of questions by some of these documentary guys, more so than I've ever been in any other interview, like even including history like that they knew their material and they were just really receptive to guide to asking us deeper questions that i would have expected to get at an event like this part of the funny thing was though is that like he said all the media that was there because it's got so much internet buzz in the months coming up to it there were times when it felt like there was more media at any one given location where you were than there were actual attendees <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they certainly had had the media part covered well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, this was such a big it, thing, such a big, yep. such a big story that was going on. I mean, there's there were people, other people that I saw on my Facebook and stuff that went out there. You know, like I mean, it was kind of a big deal. But how many people showed up? In the thousands, but never thirty or forty thousand. Okay. The thing was, like I said, this is so remote. It was spread out in Craig News, 40 miles from our hotel to Area 51 base camp that was selling tickets for $51 a day for the music and the speakers. And then it was another 40 miles to the little alien. So there were, no matter where you were, you might not see more than 75 or 200 people at once 
in any given location, but there was constantly new people pulling up and other people leaving. I think the vast majority that attended, they didn't have a hotel for three or four nights like Steve and I did. They would drive in for a couple hours, been there, done that, got some pictures, got the shirt. Now let's move on to the next thing and the next thing. Do you think they're going to try to turn it into a reoccurring event? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm Absolutely. man. That was obvious. He, Steve already said it, but I said it on Fox News on Thursday before the Friday and Saturday events even happened. This will become an annual event. Like I'm from Oswald. Just follow the yeah. dollar signs. Yeah, man. probably great for the it's, local it's economy obvious. out there. They are against it still. They're like Roswell was 20, 25 years ago before the UFO festival. Yeah. You were here uh, recently enough, Adam. Yeah, you know two now, years ago, But yeah. the Roswell locals used to be against it. They didn't want anything to do with it. Some would say it's demonic. I heard before I even moved here that the UFO museum used to get literally picketed by people uh, really? just for existing. But huh. follow the money. The love of money is the root of all evil, whatever. <laughs> 20, 25 years later, the whole Roswell Festival is corporatized. Yeah. The city's involved. Main Street Roswell runs the thing. you yeah. got to have vendors and business licenses and all this junk. And, you know, the aliens are now part of the Roswell official city logos, as you know. Area 51, this is fresh. We need to go out there and make a seasonal hot chicken stand. Everything. Everything in Roswell is like UFO themed. I mean, it's ridiculous. You go to McDonald's, it's UFO themed. I mean, yeah, it's just like, and they're remodeling. I'm not kidding. Yeah. They're spending, I think, uh, twenty five thousand dollars in new lighting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's it's crazy just how much UFO stuff there is there. We'll just use that green chili and make the chicken wings green. But see, like the rest. <laughs> but see, like the oh, rest. Yeah. Rest got, of the year, there's probably not much did. going on, really. Yeah, do you have any of those uh, left over? I think you, can, you can get them on Amazon, though, but if you could bring us one, that'd be cool, That's what too. I heard. They're going on eBay for like 20 bucks. That's empty cans <laughs> of beer. I, I brought oh, one back kidding. to my, where I work and where I work uh, as a restaurant here in town. He's all over contacting Budweiser because he wants to sell them there. But that's the point. So much money's being generated. The two businesses, Little Alien and uh, the Alien, I guess, Research Museum base camp. What was the souvenir shop that we were at all day Friday, Steve? A- Alien Research Center, but it's more gift shop than anything else. I think the, the original vision of the owner, George, was that, you know, you would have like a, a mock uh, gray sitting on a laboratory table being dissected or, uh, yeah, but that never panned out, and I think you just... Decided it's, to they, it's limit. there now, actually. They got a yeah. back room when we went in Saturday. They made you oh, go, they do. hey, go this way. They've got a hallway now with a big glass table with a mock You're gray. Kidding. I think he's wearing, like, torn-up pants. No, I've got a picture of it. I'll send it to you. I don't. Oh, wow. I, I missed that. They're building their that? own little museum there. But I will say this for his research center. I mean, like you said, uh, you've been all over Roswell, Adam. You've seen how everything is UFO and aliened up. For oh, the yeah. Sake of sales or whatever this guy's research his gift shop was more high-end higher quality stuff and it looked better than anything in roswell i'm just gonna have to say it is roswell really needs to up their game now that this guy's on and he's been there on the scene it's a full-time year-round tourist attraction with two three four employees it's how he earns his living there because people are always going to area 51 you know, but in smaller numbers. The Little Ale Inn is a hotel, restaurant, bar. 
in a population 54 town at the 20 minutes away from the back gate of Area yeah, 51. And there. they've yeah, they've existed for 20 years though. You yeah. can spend the night there, you can have a sandwich, you can get a drink. Both of these places are full-time year-round businesses that have made it just without this event. And I got to say what I saw at the research was it's a more high-end gift shop than anything in Roswell. Well, even though this is, you know, a great economic engine, it's great for local economy, do you see it as kind of a uh, trivialization, uh, kind of like how, you know, we know that the Tom DeLonge stuff, uh, how the military was interested in, uh, in in doing some PR for the military-industrial complex and using to the stars yeah, totally. and this kind of stuff. Do you think that this might serve as uh, good PR for something that you guys might see as something potentially really, really evil going on? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what's happening. I mean, uh, like this one, uh, there was this young lady that showed up who is the leader of a cult. I'm not going to name the cult, but uh, clearly um, she went in uh, to, you know, went to this event knowing that she could recruit uh, new followers, uh, you know, that basically towed the line, uh, the I- ideology or the worldview that aliens are space brothers and they come in peace and, you know, they want to help us to evolve our consciousness to a higher, our higher plane, you know, let us be ascended masters. Uh, to these, uh, you know, these star brothers, and and they're going to teach us the better road, uh, spiritually, technologically, and every other way. You know, they, oh, they're going to give us all this technology that's going to do amazing things for the world, like free energy and anti-gravity propulsion systems, et cetera. But I think it's all, it's all a facade. It's like the masquerade, mm-hmm. that uh, the demonic masquerade, and uh, and I think ultimately a lot of this technology is going to be used against us to serve their purposes, not not ours. Yeah, same bullshit things I've been repeating for 20 years. But it's old hat and I'm tired of it. You can edit that yeah. if you can find Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's okay. We do very little editing on this show. I know, uh, yeah. I've, yeah, I've listened to a few. <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we, can let our, we can let our hair down. We're not at, <laughs> we're not at church pulpit. We can be a little, like, just straight shooting. Yeah, he's right. There was cultists there. Same as I see the Raelians religion showing up in Roswell sometimes to recruit, or the Urantia book actually has a booth at the UFO festival last really? year. Yeah, the right. a picture of that. Yeah, right. Same same thing is recreating in a different location, and uh, that's why I think uh, God will continue to call guys like me and Steve to, to at least show up for that one percent. We're not there for the yeah. ninety nine, but for the one, you know. Totally. Yeah, so I, I, allow me to put in a plug for, for Guy Malone because a lot of the material that I, I cite in the book is, you know, comes from Guy Malone and uh, his uh, site, uh, Alien Resistance, um, what he shares with uh, Paradox Brown. And so, um, yeah, that was really foundational material for me, and it really put me on the right path early on in my research. So a lot of the stuff that, that he wrote about uh, years ago is still... I consider to be very relevant and timely to understand uh, what's going on with this alien and UFO phenomenon, the, the demonic manifestation of it. And uh, so, yeah, just to want to send out a, a, a kudos to a guy for his excellent research, uh, which I think is very practical and very useful to educate the average person about uh, this phenomenon. 
thanks, bro. It'll never stand up to a PhD review committee, but <laughs> thank oh, you. Oh, it sure does. Yeah, it sure does. I mean, it's it's really solid material, so I just wanted to share that with the, the folks that are listening. So let's talk a little bit, um, Guy, about what you're going to be talking about at our Strange Realities conference. Right on. It, it's what I want to Area 51 to share, at least in half. Um, yeah. I've, for many years now, uh, been doing this talk publicly on the man-made view of Roswell. It's Roswell 47, what really happened. You're the second time, your conference, that I've been uh, flown out of Roswell at someone else's expense to present this. But uh, you've been around for it. You know the view really well. It, it segs very well with Nick Redfern and Mike Heiser's uh, writing on the topic. Is that I actually do a talk publicly in Roswell, New Mexico during the UFO festival when people come from all over the world to hear about the aliens, where I stand up with PowerPoints and government documents and prove, many say beyond any shadow of a doubt, that it was a man-made event and it was not aliens. And if you can pull that off in Roswell, New Mexico and not get lynched, I've never been booed, I've never been pulled off stage, people aren't in the audience at the end yelling, well, yeah, you forgot about this, though, and what about this? Everyone that's ever seen me do this talk publicly just says, whatever the venue, and it was a MUFON, Pennsylvania, where I did it a couple, I don't know, last year technically now, I think, but six or eight months ago, a MUFON convention in Pennsylvania. Man-made view of Roswell, here's the proof. And people always tell me at least 75 to 90% of the people attending walk away convinced that I convinced them that it wasn't aliens and and actually proved that it was a man-made event. So that's what I'm doing in Nashville for you. Do I have the full 90 minutes, or do you need me to cut it down to an hour? I think we I may need to cut it down to an that. hour, because we got a lot, okay, okay. We, we got a lot going on. I know. So. Yeah, it's less convincing that way, but you know, from but for your audience that hasn't heard of it, is the U.S. government, after World War II, they brought over a lot of uh, Nazi scientists under Operation Paperclip, uh, Russia did the same thing. South America did the same thing. The X-Files have covered it in an episode called Paperclip. It's, I always tell people, just do the research yourself. Look up Operation Paperclip and Nazi UFOs. So I take uh, drawings and photos of what they were working on, plans, or had in um, prototype version, but not mass uh, production by the end of World War II. The, the stuff Hitler was working on, some of it occult-related. We all know Raiders of the Lost Ark, how Hitler had a fetish for that stuff. Same thing Stephen was talking about, how the occult is getting designs for technology uh, from demonic or dark sources. But I don't usually even go there in this talk. All I do is say, here's what was operational in 1945. Here's what was moved, literally, a photo from Wikipedia from Germany to the United States. Here's a photo of it on Wikipedia. Here's NASA.gov showing these scientists. And then I take the drawings from the Roswell witnesses that are published in books like by Kevin Randall and Don Schmitz, the day I, or the truth about the UFO crash at Roswell, put them on a PowerPoint side by side with what the Roswell army people who cleaned this stuff up drew and you know, years later said, here's what I saw and compare it to the, uh, the Nazi designs and what they were working on in America at White Sands, New Mexico, at Fort Bliss, Texas, and at Dayton, Brightfield, Ohio, and just put them side by side on a PowerPoint. It's, you know, for 90% of people, it's game over. That thing that crashed at Roswell was made, was made in America, designed by Nazis. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's actually the the, the Nazi sign shows up on my book, uh, a UFO with a Nazi uh, symbol. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt, by the way. Sorry about that. I no, just wanted to. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share. Um, and I, you know, Guy and I have, have had uh, the same discussion before, and I, I kind of refer to it as a little bit of polemic uh, because I, I, I do think that the source, and I think, I think diversity thought is very healthy, and and uh, and and it's always uh, a good, good idea to present several perspectives. But my research points me back to 1919 uh, to an otherworldly source uh, that I consider to be demonic spirits. That um, a person by the name of Maria Orsic in Germany. Uh, she was a medium and a channeler, uh, and she basically uh, summoned a demonic spirit to reveal to her uh, in one of these dead languages uh, the information, the basic information that she was able to translate using uh, a person from the Theosophical Society. Uh, she was she was one of the founders of the the Society of Real. Uh, and the, the express purpose of this group was to uh, to summon or to uh, uh, channel information from demonic spirits. And she doesn't just describe it as demonic spirits, but clearly that's what it was. Uh, she called them extraterrestrials from Alderbrun. Um, and so what she discovered is that um, this information was shared with engineers, German engineers, uh, prior to World War II. And there was a famous meeting uh, with... Alistair Crowley and the Hitler uh, Nazi party. Uh, so Alistair Crowley, the most notorious Satanist of the 20th century, uh, showed up to this meeting uh, where Hitler and Maria Orsic and others to, you know, that were part of the, uh, the Brotherhood, uh, the White Brotherhood. Um, and, uh, and so what ended up happening was this information then gets translated into a prototype of a UFO by 1934. And then they had a fully functional version of the UFOs by the early 40s. So the, the source of the, the, uh, the information that led to the creation of, of these UFOs in Germany during World War II and prior to that actually came from an occult medium uh, and channeler uh, who derived the information from, from demonic spirits. So, I mean, that's, that, that's why I call it another worldly source. And uh, again... It's a Faustian bargain, um, and the enemy can use people who don't believe in the demonic worldview. Um, Maria uh, Orsic obviously uh, thought these were, you know, they were uh, extraterrestrial beings that were more intelligent and that, you know, had a higher level of consciousness. Uh, she didn't really see uh, how the, you know, the, the actual truth behind the masquerade. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's important to, to really go back to the very origins of, of this phenomenon. And uh, what amazes me is uh, in the town where I live here in Cartersville, Georgia, close by there's a museum and uh, you have the Wright brothers, uh, you know, the original plane. And I think they, they flew that, that, that original flight in Kitty Hawk was something like 1907, I believe. 1903. And so 12, uh, 1903, oh. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so here you have, um, 14 years later, you, you have somebody uh, getting the information uh, that would eventually lead to a prototype of a UFO uh, being created, uh, you know, between this collaboration between the, the cult channeler and the uh, Nazi uh, scientists who were uh, part of the, the Thulean uh, occult society. 
Um, it's interesting that you bring up Maria Orsic. Yeah. Because um, I was I was somewhere last Saturday night. I actually ended up going to this Area 51 party that they were having here in Nashville, right? Right. So, so the I'm former do the real thing. Man. So, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So the, my, my 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 former co-host Luke, you know, guy remembers Luke. He joined oh. me over there, and uh, we ended up going to this place called the End here in Nashville. After that, to something he wanted to go to. And this girl, yep. we, we, we had, I had my flyers with me for the conference and this girl was there and she was telling us that she was like the reincarnation or she was Maria Orsic reborn or something. Wow. And it was just like, wow. she, I, I, she was, I guess she, I guess she was drunk or stoned or who even knew. And I was like, well, tell me about this. And she's like, well, you don't know about it. You're Mr. Strange Realities Conference. And I'm like, I don't know about it. <laughs> tell me about it. She's well, it's on the internet. Look at up so i look it up and apparently someone has this girl convinced that she is uh the reincarnation of maria orsic yeah. it's weird it's kind of well, like i mean alistair strange... crowley yeah 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 well i mean it you know i think uh alistair crowley claimed to be a reincarnation of his uh mentor and what you have going on with uh with these people uh is they're demonically possessed and when they pass away that demonic spirit looks for a new host. And oftentimes it, it might be the next person down the pike that's been trained in the same occult arts. And so she could very well be demonically possessed. I mean, even if she was stoned when she talked to you that day, but, or, or she just might, it, she might just be opening herself up to becoming a host for these demonic spirits. Because yeah, she's basically she was a strange that that's girl, that's for sure, and and she she definitely yeah. had this 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 aura about her. I felt like when I yeah. looked at the website, just kind of cursorily, that she's just got some guy that's like convincing her of this. I mean, you know, yeah. she kind of looks like this Maria Orsic person, but it's like obviously she's yeah. not Maria Orsic. But it just it, it was it was really weird that you brought that you bring that up that 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 ha- I have not thought about that since that happened that night, but. Uh, it was pretty strange. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, again, I, 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 sorry, I was just, I was just trying to get to the source. Uh, I was trying to take it back as far as I could. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and even it's usually Helena Blavatsky is credited with what you're mentioning as the real society and the channeled person bringing all the demonic tech. But you're going back yeah. even further than most of the research I've ever read about her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, I originally started with Jack Parsons. Uh, and Alistair Crowley, uh, along with L. Ron Hubbard, who did the Babylon working in 1946. And the express purpose of the sex magic ritual was to open a demonic portal to usher in the, the aeon of Horus the Antichrist. Yeah, and it was right yeah. after yeah, that, the, Babel, the Babylon working, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or the Alimentra working. And, and so, but what happened before that is um, you had Alistair Crowley, even before Maria Orsic, uh, doing this, this channeling with demonic spirits. Um, and he, uh, he obviously channeled this one, uh, demonic, uh, entity named lamb, mm-hmm. uh, who looks like a gray, but with regular right. eyes and yeah. slanted eyes and a small mouth. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if you, if you go back, uh, as far as you can take it, you know, it arguably goes back to Alistair Crowley in the early 1900s. And then after that, um, Maria Orsic steps in and, and that's when you see a big spike, along with the uh with the Babylon working 
that was done in, in uh, Pasadena, California at the JPL. Well, let me ask you this. I wanted to, uh, Guy, I wanted to ask you this. Um, well, Stephen was talking about this a little earlier um, about the the hybrids and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I, I can remember you talking, Guy, about the hybrids being like another form of spiritual torture. But, I mean, are, are we... Th- or do you think that there might be a physical um, reality to them as well? Um, I still have leaned toward saying no to that for uh, many years. Um, number one, you two both are way more well-researched and versed in the occultic origin behind all this stuff than I am. So I feel a little adverse to actually trying to uh, uh, correct, disagree, or chime in. When you, you two can have a much deeper conversation about that than I can. But my belief has always been, it's kind of like uh, Joe Jordan, Paradox Brown, Heiser, Gary Bates. Yeah. We're kind of, we're unfriended by the entire rest of the Christian community that studies UFOs and alien abduction and nephilim. We are really on the, the bad list. We don't get invited to conferences anymore, even though we're all, all these names are just mentioned. Are yeah, I, I was at that conference, remember? That's where I met you. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you, yeah. that's right, yeah, you, yeah. Those, I, we don't have to drop names because I'm animosity. I don't want there to be. But what I believe, what Joe has taught all of us is that the entire hybridization issue, tying alien abduction to Genesis 6, started out as an honest enough effort from Christian researchers wanting to help people by not telling them they're crazy, by not telling them we don't believe you. But the Christian researcher hears someone. And Joe will say, this is the secular UFO research community, often using hypnosis, reporting that these women are having these experiences and they're creating hybrid babies, that the aliens are keeping elsewhere. And and as long as you agree to play by our rules, uh, young lady, we will let you have some communion with your child occasionally, because it's good for them anyway. We want them to have human contact. That's a very powerful hook get into a woman who has had these experiences of abduction, but they're convincing them uh, through, they have memories, they have what I call visions and dreams, just like you see in the Bible, of hybrid children existing. So a Christian community comes along, and they don't want to write them off. They want to reach out and say, hey, there's a biblical answer to your uh, thing, to your issue, to your uh, experiences, which I think is good. Hey, look at Genesis 6. We see Fallen angels, to use colloquialism, not a biblical term, but we see angels having sex and marrying and having these hybrid children in the Bible, right before God wiped out everybody with the blood, the Nephilim. I'm sure most of your audience is very well versed in that. Um, But what the Christians seem to ignore nowadays is that they want to say, well, there's similarities to what you're reporting. Here's the answer in the Bible, and we want to help you. But what they're doing is they're actually believing in modern-day reports from secular researchers um, stuff that could be an illusion, a vision, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What they're ignoring in pointing out the similarities is that in the Bible, these were literal marriages. They lived lives together on earth. These weren't hit-and-run absentee fathers who would show up just to torture you occasionally. 
And also, the children were always giants. They were Nephilim. They were Hercules. They were the heroes of old, the men of renown, as the Bible says. They were misfit giants that would stick out like a sore thumb if it was happening today. And besides that, the punishment for angels who fell and did that was you're locked in Tartarus. That's a pretty powerful deterrent for any angels that want to continue down that path for the last several thousand years. I don't think it's ever happened again, personally. But, and, but the Christian researcher just wants to point to the similarities between that, but they ignore the differences that actually, they'll, they'll say stuff like, oh, well, since then, the angels, the aliens, they've figured out how to back-engineer the whole genetic breeding process over generations to where the hybrids today look pretty normal. There's no biblical theological evidence for that. There's no scientific evidence. You're basically saying that the aliens have figured out the missing link problem in, in evolution. So I believe it's a visionary experience. Same as the book of Revelation, same as everything that happened in Ezekiel's life, Isaiah, the list is pretty endless. <laughs> uh, an angel shows up, good or bad, and initiates this visionary experience takes you all kinds of places. You see and do the craziest of things. It's recorded in the Bible from good angels doing it. Ezekiel, the, the angel grabbed him by the hair and hauled him off and showed him the different parts of the temple and all this stuff. Ezekiel saw the wheel within a wheel as a vision. Ezekiel saw the valley of dry bones, the skeletons coming to life and flesh growing on them as a vision. That stuff is weird. It's not even, it's what you read in the Bible in these visionary experiences yeah. where angels are involved is crazier than what UFO people are reporting today, I think. Right. But yeah. nonetheless, yeah. I agree. fallen angels can show up and initiate the same experiences. Look at Daniel chapter 4. He literally says, in the visions in my head upon my bed. That's a dream, okay? <laughs> uh, now, the Bible records these visions as history. So I'm not going to say to Daniel and Ezekiel, that was all in your imagination. No, it's, it's a more powerful reality than imagination or dreaming or astral or whatever you'd label it as. But, um, and it's biblically, it's history. So that's what I think is happening with women today. They're in a, and men, they're in a visionary experience. They don't leave their bedroom, but the memories are real. And even from biblical parlance, what they experienced is history. It's just not in the same 3D physical space and time scenario that you and I are uh, communicating to each other today. So, if Stephen wants to rebut my premise and offer something, you know, I'll, I'll give equal time. And like he said, the exchange of ideas and the iron sharpens the iron that's going on here, you know, just because I, I may or may not, because I haven't read his 800-page uh, PhD thesis yet, it's brand new, and we had this big event to go to. Uh, if you, anyway, I'm not going to say he's wrong, but I'm also, unfortunately, Adam, you're aware of the animosity that's coming from the other side on this. Sure. Myself, myself and, and the names that I, I mentioned, we teach for free what many of these other people are selling in the books that they publish in order to make their living. So if I'm teaching for free something which directly has the potential to uh, hurt your income, then you can see why we don't get invited to their conferences anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have to say um, I think it's not an either-or proposition. Um, I pretty much just follow the evidence to see where it would lead. 
And and I do cover your perspective, uh, guy, in my book. I definitely give you know full full credit to your perspective. Um, but I do think there's another side uh, as well. It's it's all the above. I mean, you have visions, but you also have, and and I you know again I I uh, I'm not going to ramble on or try to rebut you know guys' uh, uh, presentation. But you know, in in my book, I do present uh, the idea that there is um, this hybridization process going on. You see it happening in plain daylight. You see it happening with transhumanism and genetic engineering. And it's what I call the infraterrestrial salt. Um, I mean, we're, you know, they're introducing a third strand of DNA, and they're they're feeding it to us in our in our GMO foods. And uh, it, it's a long story, but I mean, um, they're they're getting to a point. The technology is, and a lot of Anthony Patch Anthony Patch's research proves this. That um, you know, we're getting to a point where they're trying to control not only our bodies but our our consciousness. Uh, by introducing yeah. this third strand of e- DNA, which is going to be activated with 5G technology, and uh, and then of course uh, you do have these these dumbs with these experiments going on, creating hybrid species uh, that are demonic, and uh, you have several people that are you know, offering a testimony to this. Um, uh, there was a recent uh, film that was produced by called uh, Higher Entities: The Lost Tapes by Justin uh, Hall. I'm sorry, Fall. And Westfall, the brothers, and um, and apparently there's this guy that that works on one of these military facilities, and he's been given death threats uh, because he's told uh, he's told these researchers that there are in fact Nephilim down there, and that um, you know pretty much it almost destroyed his life. I mean, his family uh, is, is estranged to him because uh, you know he came out and said this is actually happening. And, you know, they have to sign a waiver saying that, you know, that they will never mention the word Jesus in these deep underground military facilities because if they did, it freaks out these, these, uh, these entities. So, so I think there's a, there's a real aspect to it. And there's also a visionary aspect that is just as, and it's real, uh, because the, the enemy can implant thoughts into us and, uh, can deceive us, uh, especially if you don't have the hedge of protection of the Holy Spirit. Transhumanism, genetic engineering, and all that other I'm down with that being being real. I guess the only uh, point I'm drawing the line with other researchers, maybe not even your research then, is that there are, are there are real angels fallen, having sex with human women and creating hybrid children today. Are you do you uh, do you actually say that is happening? Well, what I'm saying is that the fallen angels of the past. Are are masquerading as aliens? Agreed. And yeah, and and I I think it, during the entire course of human history, you have this ongoing intervention of these fallen angels uh, trying to corrupt the genetic seed of man made in the image of God. And so you know you figured a third of all the angels fell from heaven along with Satan. And so a good way to leverage, you know, your, uh, you know, the battlefield is to, uh, to basically to use this hybridization process to, to build an army. And I think that's what uh, the 200 million demonic army mentioned in uh, Revelation 9. I think that's basically what it's pointing to. These are hybrids. Um, and they don't have a spirit because they're no longer made in the image of God. 
and they're going to wipe out a third of the world's population. And, and that's why I call it the mother of all disasters. And it's pointing us to, uh, you know, kind of the end time scenario that we all know about. All right. Well, on that comforting, on that comforting note, <laughs> yeah, right. we didn't well, have this conversation before we went to Area 51, though. We were both led of the spirit. We need to be there. Yeah. We need to be there. And as you can see, just from our conversation, we pulled off, what, or, you know, God pulled off through us. I want to give credit where due. A pretty good one-two yeah, punch. <laughs> it was a pretty good one-two teamwork punch to where sometimes he got center stage, sometimes I did. But we were propping yeah. each other's work up for the, just the sake of, folks, this is not aliens. It's spiritual, and if you want to go there, we'll even say it's demonic, and here's the evidence. Examine it, will you? Yep. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and I, and I do think, um, again, I think it's healthy to, to discuss the various perspectives from a biblical standpoint, and obviously uh, we need the discernment of the Holy Spirit to, to read what's happening in our generation so, um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's really key now more than ever to be steeped in the Word and to, to really seek, you know, God's face all the time, because uh, the Bible makes it clear that, you know, even the elect could be fooled if that were possible. The, the, so we really do have to be awake and sober and vigilant uh, to what's coming down the pike. Okay. Well, excellent, guys. Um, you know, thank you for doing this. It'd be great. We're looking forward to having you, Guy, come to... Uh to the Strange Realities Conference. And, Stephen, are, are you, we, we, we see that you're close. Are you going to try to make it up here to Nashville? Uh, when's the date? Uh, October 19th. October 19th. Uh, I'll have to put that one on my calendar. Uh, let me get back to you on that. Uh, I just need to see where I'm going to be at on that on that date. I, I may be heading up to the D.C. area, but um, if I'm in town, it sounds like it's, you know, it's not too far from where I'm at now, so it sounds, sounds yeah. pretty exciting, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you know, guy's going to be there too. So, um, but guy, yeah, you are going to be here with us on October nineteenth at the yeah. Realities Conference. I'm excited. Thanks for bringing me back to Nashville. Any excuse to go to Nashville, I'll take it, man. Yeah, man. And really, <laughs> congratulations. I know it's been a dream for you. This is something I might say at the conference, but for years you've been wanting to do this. I'm so happy for you Thank that you. you're doing it finally, and that I'm part of it too. I'm honored. You got yeah. some really good names and talent there again people that are talking about research that i can't touch but i'm glad to be part of them yeah it's going to be an interesting thing it's going to be an interesting conference with a lot of different speakers and a lot of different world viewpoints too and i'm, I'm really um, looking forward to it uh thank you guys so much guy uh steven where can people find y'all roswellmission.org and as for me, it's uh, the, the name of the book, which is uh, RevelationExoTruth.com. Okay. Excellent. All right, yeah, guys. Thank you. Stay in the line for us. We're going to close Great. this section out, and we'll be back to, cl- to finally close this show on Conspiranormal. Patreon at www.patreon.com slash conspiranormal 
or leave a one-time donation at conspiranormal.com. And please check out our YouTube channel, Conspiranormal Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.